0: The fourth horseman of the apocalypse is stonewalling. I was met with the silent treatment and a refusal to speak about how we could both work on fixing things. A last straw for me was when he said he would refuse to speak to me until I said 99.9% of the problems in our relationship were because of me. No. And I refused
1: to say that. So it unraveled. Welcome to The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. We are breakup coaches, here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart,
0: and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of X-Files. Good morning, Claire. Hello. Good morning. Hi. <laughs> Uh, we're, I, I guess I want to say we're excited about this topic, but yeah, <laughs> it's, one it's that an we think important
1: is, one. Yes, yeah,
0: we think it's going to help a lot of people. And it's definitely one of those topics that doesn't get as much attention in, I think, the quote right way. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm glad at least to be covering it. But before we get into being the one to end things slash leaving a relationship slash Being the breaker upper,
1: (laughs) being the breaker upper, being the instigator, the bad guy. We haven't picked a title yet. Yeah, I guess I
0: will get there. Um, But before we get into that, regardless of the reason for a breakup, we all know—if you're listening to this—that it can leave us feeling stuck and confused about where to turn and how to feel better. One-on-one support is a powerful way to clear some of the breakup rubbish floating around in our minds and start to clearly see ways to move forward please contact us <laughs> I, I don't know contact us means. not please some other person. Us on our ig accounts for information or to set up a free exploration call yeah. we would love to hear from you and we love supporting our listeners in that way So let's now dive into being the one to end
1: things. Mm. Why are we doing this episode? Gosh, it's such an important one because I think, you know, it's uh, especially breakup podcasts, I feel, um, really center around the person who's been left, who's like dealing with the surprise and the shock and like all of these different things, the betrayal. Yeah. But um, it's still very emotional, emotionally hard when you are the person who decided to end things. Um, and, you know, I think we want to offer this episode as a way to be like, yes, things are hard. No, you're not the bad guy. All of these different um, mm-hmm reminders that I think can be lost in a lot of the resources for breakups. And with that, a lot of the material that's for someone who's decided to leave a break, a relationship is on like the how to. Yeah, I did (laughs) did research for
0: this. And that there, it was almost exclusively how yeah. to do it and how to know that you should do it. And yeah. it's it's kind of a shame because it's, a, yeah. it's, it really either a relationship just completely falling apart or being the instigator mm-hmm.
1: sucks. It does. Yeah, and it's almost like, um, resources are treating this as like, oh, once you've done it, then you're good. Mm-hmm. like now you yeah. can move on with the rest of your life. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, Actually, a lot of people are left really, really reeling and really, you know, having to to like find um, that resoluteness in themselves that is is really hard to remember when you're lonely and suffering. So we both know how painful it can be to break up with someone. We've both done it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, it's yeah, it's brutal.
0: It's, it is really brutal. So, okay. Everyone knows that I'm divorced. <laughs> <laughs> and so in prep, so I've shared a little, like few details about it as we've gone along in the last year of the show.
1: Yeah. Happy anniversary everyone.
0: Um, but I've never really gone into that much detail, you know, cause this is about healing. It's not really about, trauma dumping on so you so much yeah, the, the backstory <laughs> necessarily so I thought you know because I was the one to walk away and it killed me it might be really helpful for me to kind of outline you know like the last few months of the relationship yeah and so I sat down and I started writing it and I was like hell no <laughs> first of all I really wanted to I guess, make it clear to people that the last few months were agonizing for me. And yeah. so even though I was the one who had to pull the plug, it, it wasn't any easier because I was the one that was like, this is, we're done with this. Yeah. Um, and so I started going into all these details. And you know what? Honestly, everyone, it stressed me out to write down what happened. Yeah. It stressed me out to talk about our last big fight. Ugh. And so I thought, you know what? Not only do I not want this on, you know, my Record. computer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to then read it in preparation for the episode. And I don't want to go into it. I think that it might even stress other people out to hear Probably. about. Yeah. So I just really want everyone to know that it was just,
1: it yeah. was bad. Yeah, it was <laughs> bad.
0: You know, I think um, some of the gaslighting could have even been triggering to some people. But what I thought was helpful As I was researching for this episode, I pulled up some psychological studies around the reasons people choose to end relationships. Mm. And while there wasn't hardly any, I did find some good ones. And the ones that I did find um, did kind of refer to something that I have heard about before, but I didn't really know that much about. And that is the four horsemen of the apocalypse as related to relationships. And do you know about this? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's a theory coined by John Gottman. And it is an outline of the four major behaviors that poison a relationship that can ultimately (laughs) lead to someone ending things. Yeah. And so I was just very casually reading and it was crazy to me how, yes, each dynamic existed in the last year of my marriage. Mm
1: -hmm. So just
0: briefly, the four horsemen are and I'm going to relate it back to my situation. And also everyone, there's, you know, two people, it takes two people to end a relationship. Um, but I'm, so I totally get that. If you were to talk to him, I'm sure he'd have an interesting story. (laughs) Um, but I just want to say like, this was my experience. Yeah. So the four horsemen are criticism, My partner was, he would constantly like belittle my attempts to get work. I had just graduated. Um, He would lose his temper. He would go on in emails and in person. I think I've mentioned this before. He would send me emails once he got to work, just like outlining, just like his his issues with just that were very, very personal to me, how I was messed up, how I, he, he got on this thing about how disrespectful I was toward him. Um, and he enjoyed outlining it for me. It was so stressful. Oh my God. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't good at all. Um, the next one is contempt Uh, My partner would constantly tell me that I needed more deference toward him and that it was my inability to let him get through to me that was causing problems in our relationship. Oh, my God. Defensiveness, Claire. (laughs) See, this is why I didn't go into the details of how this all played out, because it is is upsetting. I really did need to end it. Yeah. Oh my God, (laughs) the third one defensiveness. Sorry. So (laughs) this is a big one. Any attempt to have an open conversation with him was met with shock and outrage. He didn't want to be a part. He didn't want to have a conversation about how we could together fix things. Um, Mm -hmm. and then he became more and more sensitive over time and would lose his temper over things that really didn't have anything to do with him. This was one of the big things he hadn't, he had kind of a temper before, but this was like, became like a weekly thing where he would just freak out. One of the biggest fights, one of the last fights we had was because um, I told him I didn't like the food at his friend's restaurant. It wasn't even his friend's restaurant. It was where his friend was working. And he Uh said that that was disrespectful. And it's, Yeah. It was a big, yeah, very defensive. And then the fourth horseman of the apocalypse is stonewalling. I was met with the silent treatment and a refusal to speak about how we could both work on fixing things. A last straw for me was when he said he would refuse to speak to me until I said 99.9% of the problems in our relationship were because of me.
1: No, And I refused
0: to say that. So it unraveled.
1: Yeah.
0: Ooh. Anyone who thinks (sighs) that leaving a marriage or a relationship is easier than being broken up with, try dealing with all of that for about a year before leaving and tell me that leaving is less painful.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. That's so painful. Yeah. Yeah. And just
0: really stressful as well. It was just constant. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, (sighs) Oh my God, all of those things I wouldn't want anyone to be in a relationship and having to deal with. Um, Like you said, it takes two people. I'm sure he has a different perspective, but like none of those things are healthy relationship dynamics. Mm -hmm. And they're also not actions of someone who like is trying to think of how to, how to um, both fix things and, um, be kind to their partner. Right. Yeah. It's just Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's Well, I had
0: created a pattern early in the
1: relationship
0: where I just kind of put up with anything because I just, I wanted to stay in the relationship so bad. And that set a really bad precedent. And then when I started, you know, maturing and getting older, I started pushing back against it. So that's one of the things that I do hold myself responsible for is, Mm -hmm. I was too young to get married you you know and (laughs) i didn't know a lot of what i know now then about healthy relationships
1: yeah yeah exactly um for those so i'm gonna talk about breaking up with my ex-fiance um because i think it's a it's an interesting example to use Um, I've definitely broken up with other people before in the past, um, especially with the toxic ex. Like, he stonewalled once and I was out. So um, I didn't have the privilege of getting to all the others of the four horsemen Mm -hmm. because (laughs) I was like, no. Um, It's good. Boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. So with my ex-fiance, though, this is, you know – Like a very, it's a different situation because there wasn't something I could point to like, he's doing these terrible toxic things and I will definitely leave. It was just this feeling of not being in the right place and of unhappiness that just like wasn't going away. Um, and a lot of the connections that I now realize were reasons that I broke things off. I was not like fully consciously aware of, um, at the time. So like my reasons for breaking things up, like I was unhappy, like I said, um, And I think I had really lost myself in the relationship. And so I was getting to a point in my life where I actually wanted to, like, figure out who I am again. And um, I didn't know who I was without him. Um, And there were, like, some circumstances that happened where um, things he said or things he did um, just showed that everyone else's opinion mattered more than mine so yeah yeah, um we had been together for five years we were engaged for two during that time we had like barely even chosen a day for the marriage ceremony let alone planned anything and i've talked before about how hard it was to like you know even talk about the wedding together it was hmm. just like very painful he was not into it and i was not the girl who was like i'll just plan everything like i needed a little bit of encouragement by the. Yeah, person. i could see that yeah. i could see
0: that
1: out of you. <laughs> so you know um yeah and you know we weren't really having sex um we couldn't talk about anything that was difficult so like we couldn't talk about the wedding Um, I couldn't talk about my past I couldn't talk about my emotions Um, not for a lack of trying it was more like I would try to open a conversation about something bothering me like a typical way it went and I'll share this because this was like part of the ending was um, after work I came home and I was like Hey, like, I'm really upset because, you know, for the past two years we've been trying to plan this wedding and it really feels like anytime I bring it up, you're not excited about it. And I'm like starting to get the feeling you don't actually want to get married. Basically, uh, he was like, you know, I thought it was the right time to ask. Um, and Uh, And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, so what are we going to do? And I'm like, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with our relationship. Uh (laughs) Cringe. Um, (laughs) And it seems to be the marriage thing that's putting all this pressure on us. We should just call off the engagement. And, like, clearly it wasn't the right time. Like, neither of us are invested in getting married. Like, let's just do that was like, okay, so we'll stay together. He's like, could you keep the ring on? Don't tell your parents. Don't tell my parents. If it, if it comes up like it has been coming up for two years, just like blow it off like we have been, where we're like, we're not sure yet. We don't know, blah, blah, blah. But just basically have like this fake engagement so that he didn't have to tell anyone that we yeah. had broken <sighs> off the engagement and explain it.
0: sounds so torturous
1: yeah and i was like um okay and he's like cool can we stop talking about it now and so the whole conversation took about four minutes um and he just wanted to like move on to other things afterwards there was no like emotional support there was no kind of like coming together, him sharing his feelings or anything like that. It was more like, oh, there's a problem. Let's problem solve it. And then let's move on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that that action of like putting everyone else's perspective and like doing what society expects was kind of like a lot of things with him. Like even – going for a hike there was like one moment in like the last few months of being together um we went for a hike and i had these new boots on and they kept rubbing because we were going like straight uphill and they were brand Uh, new rookie mistake (laughs) it was a rookie mistake and so i kept trying i'm like maybe if i loosen my laces it'll be better maybe if i tighten my laces it'll be better and so we're going up this mountain and um, I kept having to stop because of my shoes. And there was another hiker who would overtake us when we stopped. And then we would overtake her when we started going again. And then she'd overtake us when we stopped. And eventually he was like, We cannot keep letting this woman pass us. We are not stopping again. And I'm like, Wait, that's the problem? Who that, cares? Like- yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny care. in the story,
0: but I, I <laughs> like, can just imagine when you're hiking. Like, yeah. You know, like,
1: exactly. It's, it's like, happens. you're hiking. This happens. Mm-hmm. I don't think this woman probably even noticed that we were the same. <laughs> <Right. family>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, it was like, even things so small as that, the opinion of a total stranger on a trail for a mild inconvenience was more important than me. Oh, that, I mean, that's massive insecurity. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So anyway, I I might cut some of that out because it's not like super important to like outline. But basically, I had the feeling that everyone else was more important than me in our relationship. And that's not something that's not how I was. My parents raised me to find someone that's not like what I expected of myself. That's not what I wanted out of my relationship. Yeah, and everyone listening, you know, your partner should make you feel like a VIP. Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. You know, and it's like, yeah, things things about our partner will eventually annoy us. Like <laughs> there oh, are yeah. things like yeah, that, it's, but it's normal. You know, at the end of the day, whether it's hiking or an engagement like, the opinion of and, like, feelings of your partner should come first. Like, yes, you can consider what other people are feeling, but that partner should come first. It's you guys in the relationship. So, um, and I also, uh, so, yeah, that really factored in um, to the relationship ending. But it was, like, a very, like, he was not – You know, like, he he wasn't stonewalling me. He wasn't defensive. He wasn't contemptuous. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, maybe he was a little bit critiquing, like, um, you know, but it's more like he held himself to a very high standard, and then he held me to it as well. But with things like my engagement or just going for a fucking walk, like, I don't need to be criticized. Like, that's not... No.
0: And it just shouldn't be that hard either.
1: Yeah. It Mm. shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. So, you know, like we both wanted to um, elope, except like he worried too much about what people would think.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something that comes with time. Sometimes I am surprised Mm. how often I hear about what people's moms are going to think about related to the breakup or the relationship. And I mean, look, that was a hard lesson for me to learn to really stop caring you know really about my family's input but I I I've also said that it was also one of the most important lessons that I've learned because you it's freedom when you don't have I mean yeah that can be toxic and also I mean it's just not what you need as a grown up you know yeah really you kind of have to get to the point where you're not
1: (laughs) yeah exactly really considering how your life your
0: parents reaction to your life choices.
1: Yeah, 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 and they're generally not gonna fully understand whatever you do. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, so that whole, pre- um, you know, keeping the ring on and not telling anyone that lasted about a week for me. no. Um, no, no, no. and that was when I, I ended things, which was like awful. It was really awful. Um, and he said. Um, During our like breakup talk, um, he said that he was relieved so that he could finally start getting over it Mm -hmm. um, and like working on moving on. Um, And that's good. Good. Yeah, that that word of relieved like that really followed me through the breakup. And it took me a while. It took me a while to get over that because I was like, wait, if I hadn't done anything you would have just put up with. Mm-hmm. It never changed anything. Like,
0: wow. well, and see, that's that's a good <laughs> example because when you're breaking, when two people are breaking up, often both people say things that are very hurtful to the other. Yeah, and re- you know, even if you're the one who initiated it, your partner can come back with some things that leave really deep scars.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, like I've thought about other ways, other reasons he may have said it. Like perhaps it was because you know, he was, I don't know, like it just, it really left it. That was like one of the hardest things. Cause I was, you know, I had felt very much alone in the decision. And then the fact that he was relieved about it. Um, it was like, wait, I wasn't the only one feeling this way. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yep. it's pretty awful. Um, so yeah, afterwards, I was really reeling. I made some poor decisions that made me feel like trash. Um, I dove off the deep end, all of the stuff. Um, but <laughs> it was really like a big growing point for me because like for the five years before, I wasn't really making my own choices. I was being like the fraction of myself that he liked. Like I... I think I was being authentic, but I wasn't being fully me. Like I didn't wear a dress for five years because he didn't like it. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, you know, like I I had to like relearn what my full identity was without him. And I also had to find out who I was as a woman because we had been together like since we were basically kids. Yeah. I mean, That's one know, good 20, opportunity 19, that a breakup 20. can give you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you know, it was it was very hard. Um, So yeah, I don't know how much of that will make it into the final. (laughs) Well, no, I
0: think it's really really valuable. I think all of it. um, It's yeah, and also, uh, but yeah, we can listen and decide yeah um, so yeah I just I do think it's um helpful for us to share our our experiences so yeah thank you it was,
1: it was definitely nuanced it wasn't like yeah it was a monster and then I left mm-hmm. and then I had to get over it. it was like he was a really decent guy with insecurities yeah well I think like, any breakup that comes after being
0: with someone for multiple years is nuanced because you have memories with them. You had the life you thought you had, you have so so much history. And so, yeah, it is really complicated, even as bad as it can get sometimes. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Yeah.
0: it is. So let's talk about all of the reasons that being the one to end things can be so hard. First of all, ending a relationship with someone you used to love or still love is extremely painful and is a very, very hard decision to make. Yeah. Breakups all hurt, not because you lose someone you loved, but because you are losing the life you thought you had something like a marriage or an engagement yeah. ending. I mean, whew, you're just like tossing out your future almost. Yeah, And it's just as true for the person who pulls the plug. This part of the process may be different for this person because it's possibly been a long, painful decision to come to sometimes over a long period of time. For instance, the year that I went through that ended with me deciding to leave my husband was one of the top worst years of my life. And I have had multiple worst years of my life. And I felt like I was living in constant stress. I lost weight because of not being able to eat. I felt like I was walking through mud on a daily basis and it was not a flippant or easy thing to do. No, no. And also I want to say that the shock of realizing that a relationship is not going to work after, you know, when, of course, when you get married, you think it's going to be amazing. And then coming to the realization that it's not Mm -hmm. is just crazy. Um, I always thought that losing my marriage would just would devastate my life. I mean, it it kind of did for a little while, um, mm-hmm. but it was completely a worst case scenario in these little moments where I realized that he was not willing to bend mm-hmm. and that he was actually becoming more and more difficult with time was something that I still feel sad about. This was a person with really great qualities and someone I shared a lot with mm-hmm. and to see him change in such a negative way from my perspective. Um, yeah. I really, really wanted it to work out, but I also got to the point where it was just becoming so unhealthy and borderline unsafe for me. Yeah. Um, I, I just knew that it wasn't going to go in the right direction. No. Two people have to fix things. And I just, I had all these moments where I'm just like, shit, he's yeah. not oh yeah
1: yeah yeah it's like you have yeah you you want people to treat it like you do and then sometimes they don't and Mm. yeah that's that's so sad so just because the relationship isn't working doesn't mean that the love isn't real or that the love wasn't real at one point Sometimes it's crucial to separate the love you have for a person and the probability of future happiness. It's huge. So, like compatibility, we talk about that a lot. Check out chemistry versus compatibility. We get lots. of <laughs> Still, one DMs of my favorite episodes. Yeah, and you know, you can love someone and also know that the likelihood of fulfillment inside of a partnership with that person might is is very unlikely. And those are important aspects to consider when you're deciding to stay with a partner. So the inability to get along or a serious clash in lifestyle might not have any bearing on your chemistry or on the affection you have for that person. Um, But you can still know that the relationship is not going to work It's not gonna Mm -hmm. be what you want for yourself and potentially what you would want for that person as well.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, you can be breaking up with someone that you're deeply in love with. And just know that, like, life together isn't going to be possible. So and especially if you've already shared a portion of your life together, like, it's gonna be even harder yeah,
0: this is where we have people saying, you know, they don't want to feel like it was a waste of time. They don't want to throw it away. They've already invested so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a hard decision. Uh, I, I don't know how important this is, but I thought it was interesting. A 2017 study, I believe at the University of Ontario, titled Wanting to Stay. And wanting to go unpacking the content and structure of relationship stay leave decision processes looked at the reasons people choose to both leave and stay in relationships, some of the top reasons for leaving were a breach of trust partners personality. Too mm. much conflict. <laughs> sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I think. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, I, I'm just yeah. thinking of how that ends up playing out. And yeah, yeah, partner's personality. For me, it was how its personality changed. So I guess I'd relate to that. Yeah. Too much conflict, incompatibility, emotional distance, lack of enjoyment, or an alternate partner, including feeling that you can do better. So coming to terms with any of those after falling in love with someone Mm -hmm. is very difficult. Yeah. Um, And putting yourself first is such a nice thing to say, but it is not easy a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, because we like what I experienced a lot was gaslighting myself and being like what you're feeling just like isn't real you're just crazy you just are freaking out because you're combining car insurances now and you don't like feeling dependent on this person like
0: yeah, you know sometimes
1: you're scared you're scared yeah and it's like I was scared but (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's not like a terrible thing to admit, um, yeah, we, you know, I think when it comes to
0: relationships, we are so often kind of taught to invalidate our intuition,
1: yes, yeah, you mm-hmm. know. And it's like, I get that some people have been through trauma, and so something that feels wrong could be actually really healthy, and it's just that they haven't experienced that healthiness prior, but. I, you know, I, I think I was, like, really, really privileged growing up. I got a very good example of a relationship between my mom and my dad. Like, I, I believe that my intuition is usually speaking the truth. The problem is, is getting me to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah. It's, it's interesting. But yeah, breach of trust. Like I feel like my example from earlier was basically a breach of trust. Like I didn't trust him to put me first anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, so if you shared part of your life with someone, it can be very hard to see them hurt. So not only are you like mourning the, the loss of like this possible future with something you're mourning the loss of the past that will not be like extending into the future but you're also just like you know this person you know how they process emotions and you you know kind of the state you're going to be leaving them in and that can be really hard to come to terms with like really hard um so like I don't know with with leaving my ex fiance like I knew that it was going to be really emotionally hard for him but I had also not really seen him ever process sadness Mm. Um, and that was probably one of the that was one of the issues was that like he didn't express any sort of like negative emotions really ever Um, and so I it was like this this blink I'm like is he at home crying? Like, or is he just like running for 20 miles? I have no idea. Probably the second one. But like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I didn't even know like where he would go for support because like he didn't even go to me for support you know, when things would happen when we were together. So that was like, I felt like I was just leaving him to like, figure out how to deal with feelings, like all by himself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, Um, probably
0: an important lesson for him. Yeah,
1: I don't know. So, you know, and we all know people who've stayed in bad, bad relationships (laughs) out of fear or discomfort around hurting their partner. Um, some people will even act out in ways that sabotage the relationship rather than face up to the conversation of ending things. Like yeah. I think we hear about that a lot mm-hmm. um, with people who just like – they're like – I it's just easier to them have the other person
0: pers- maybe end it for some. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like
1: burn the bridges, you know. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so I just want to say I had a, a experience where it was really hard for me to hurt someone. I was dating someone in Melbourne and look, you know, I can be weird in relationships in the <laughs> sense that, you know, I start out really strong and, um, you know, go. I have gone very fast with people and, you know, um, and I, yeah, I get really caught up in the excitement of, of a new relationship. And then sometimes um, I, it can also burn fizzle quickly for me the feelings and I just Uh, his life was kind of complicated and I just realized um I I just couldn't do it and and I just I don't know all of a sudden I didn't feel as excited about it and as attracted to him and I just was like I've got to get out of this now and so we met and I told him I just want to be friends and the look on his face oh oh my god (laughs) yeah it really killed me he was a nice guy who I had shared already a lot with we had been friends first of course another one of my patterns and so listen to this though I think that he knew that I was gonna end things it had been a couple weeks of not as yeah not as many sparks yeah so he brought me flowers he and we were gonna meet to talk Mm. I'm me. I assume he knew what we, I. I don't know. Oh no! So he brought me flowers and a card, and I didn't open the card until I went home. And in the card, he told me he was telling me how much he loved me, and Aww. that meeting me was the best day of his life. Oh, fuck! And I just burst into tears. It was just yeah. so sad. Oh. Um, I question his motivation toward giving all that to me yeah when things were not going in the right direction really but yeah it crushed me completely yeah so nice. I know what it's like to hurt someone oh man mm-hmm. and it yeah it hurts
1: yeah oh I was um. just thinking about my very first breakup
0: <laughs> it it's was not, honestly he handled
1: it the best out of anyone I've ever broken up with too but yeah it was kind of like that where it's like they knew like they were
0: I think so but still it hurt me um Yeah. yeah um I also I love this quote about breaking up with someone by Sammy Nichols from Hello Giggles you feel like a criminal Because it feels like you're stabbing your best friend and partner in the back after so many years of promises. You feel intense loneliness because you're losing one of your closest companions to whom you text good morning and good night every single day. You feel distraught because you keep being reminded of it all by a song on the radio or a bench you ate lunch on together or a little trinket they gave you that you find behind
1: your bed. Oof. Yeah. That resonated it's, with me. Yeah, that definitely, is, I think I do as well.
0: So I also think it's worth pointing out that sometimes when you choose to leave a relationship, it is because you have, the person leaving has been mistreated. Hmm. This gets glossed over a lot. I know from personal experience that when you walk away from an abusive person, the people around you can sometimes fail to recognize the pain you're going through, right? Mm, Yeah. Like you're better off. They don't deserve you. You know, good, you know, it's which seem
1: like positive things to say in the moment, but if you like really think about it, it's it's like saying, don't be sad, you're better off now you know, like there's that like unspoken, don't be sad in front of Right.
0: Yes. That's one. Yeah. That's one reason I really wanted to do this episode. That's, I mean, that's one reason I became a breakup coach is yeah. I just felt people didn't even want to talk about it. Just like, you know, Janice, you know, it would just be really, you know, best if you just put this behind you, recognize you're better off. And, you know, I'm like struggling to get through the day because of, you know, what I had just gone through with all the yeah. abuse. And even just, it doesn't even matter if you're sad, you're sad. You're Shit. sad. You're sad. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Especially like if, if, you know, um, possibly maybe you made a huge mistake and that ended the relationship. Like, you can still be sad about it even if you were, you know, quote, the at fault, you know? Well, I hope you would be. Yeah. (laughs) I hope you would feel sad about it still. I mean, look, it's (laughs) still
0: an opportunity to learn and grow. And recognizing
1: what you did is sometimes
0: a huge part of that process.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Listen to our forgiveness episode. Um, So the decision to leave is not always because of mistreatment or abuse, but it can be. And when it is, those dynamics can make the decision of what to do drawn out and incredibly painful. People who have been living in unhappy relationships often carry with them secrets and deep wounds and I think also shame for, like, the fact that they kept, like, That they stayed i think you know when you do finally leave you also deal with those questions of like why did it take so long if it was so awful why did you stay and it's like Mm -hmm. now that you're finally out of it you have to deal with the fact that you were in it for so long and very very true that's incredibly painful and we we definitely feel for that and we never want to make anyone feel um, like guilty or shameful for having stayed in a situation. Like I talk about how it was one stonewalling incident and then I was out. I think I'm an, a, an anomaly. Like I don't think that everyone is like that. And I honestly think, you know, it may have backfired on me in certain ways because I didn't like have all of these reasons. I had, you know, like one circumstance that turned out to be very 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 good indicator of what was to come Mm -hmm. but like you know um we did an episode with ruth glenn during domestic violence awareness month she talks about her own story um and like some of the things that uh, victims of abuse go through when trying to leave, and it's like a well-proven fact. It usually takes about seven tries, yes. um, and that's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think one thing that we're one of the many things we're trying to do on this show is to really help educate the public that you should never, ever, ever ask someone why did you stay or why did you go back, and to just recognize that it is highly, highly complex. Yeah, and to just be as supportive of a person as as you can. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it is really interesting that sometimes the most abusive people don't aren't the ones to end things. Yeah, it's the person who has who's kind of who's being mistreated who has to walk away.
1: Isn't that weird? Like, uh huh. You're probably not happy either if you're yeah. Like- I, I mean, I just think
0: some like people just this. get off on the power and control so yeah. much.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, all right. So are you struggling to get past a breakup after being the one to end things? Here are some of our top tips for navigating this type of breakup and healing from it. First off, making the decision and executing it is just one part of the breakup. There's also sticking to your decision, um, and actually going and making a new life for yourself. Yep. As well.
0: um, you know, you really have to trust yourself and own your decision. Yeah. Still caring about someone or struggling with the memories can make it really easy to second guess yourself after you've ended things.
1: I just said uh, I wanted to add I yeah. really dealt with this and there was a moment I was working with a therapist and um, I was like, I feel like I just made this split second decision and that i didn't like think it through beforehand and now i don't know why like i did this and she's like i've been talking to you for a little while now you think things through so much i don't think that statement is true Yeah, (laughs) it was was, like so nice to have someone call it out call call me out and be like Mm -hmm. No, you did think about this, you did, you had very good reasons, you didn't just like wake up one day and decide to do this. You know,
0: definitely. Yep. I, I went through s- similar things. So, the same study that I mentioned earlier, um, the 2017 study about reasons people leave, also noted that ambivalence around ending things was the biggest indicator that led to on again, off again relationships. It also indicates that pe- couples tend to get stuck in this pattern rather than getting back together and creating more stability. Hmm. And what what I was going to say is that off, after a breakup, there, you know, there's often, you know, people that we're working with who don't want to be broken up in yeah. some cases. And you know what? I actually think that that can be the same if you're the one who initiates it. You can go through that yeah. process as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that... That is really sad. I think it's one of the reasons I became a breakup coach is because I wanted to help people not get stuck in um, that repetitive thought, even years later, that they made a mistake, that was the one, they're never going to be happy like that again, those Mm -hmm. sort of thoughts. Um, Because, you know, if you, if you go about your life, like every single thought you have is like 100% valid. Like you're going to get stuck in thought patterns yes. like that and make yourself miserable. And it's only after you start diving into like personal development and learning about the brain that you realize, oh my God, not all of my thoughts are super valid. <laughs> so you are not your thoughts. And you're this not is your
0: especially important when not if when you start missing this person yeah because you will you will you just will you've been with them they were a part of your life and it's so important yeah to not write this story that -hmm. you miss them because you were meant to be with them or you miss them because you care more about them than you thought you did or
1: any number of things that
0: people tell themselves
1: yeah so um one thing that will help with this is going no contact so that second guessing will only become more intense if you are around them or if you share each other's pain and start to feel bad for them and here's just a reminder no contact doesn't have to be forever when you are finally at a place where you feel really solid about the decision and the emotions are much calmer now and everyone seems to have healed you can like talk again like if you see each other or something Mm -hmm. you don't have to like be like I will never speak to this person again even when we're fully over it no um but you you gotta give yourself that chance to get over it first yep yeah. And this, again, goes back to
0: trusting yourself and it it just makes it harder when you see yeah. the person or are in contact with them or try to emotionally support each other. Yes. It, yeah. it can lead to getting back into this cycle. It's just it's harder for both of you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, another thing you can do is to engage in new activities. So, you know, try and see what you like and dislike. Um, Also, schedule morning and evening rituals that'll help kind of bookend your day, give you something to look forward to at the end of the day and to look forward to when you wake up, Um, Mm -hmm. because I know those are two sticky places in the recovery process. And
0: both of those things are things that you can do to create a new life for yourself as a as a single person apart from this. Yeah, this person. Know that you might feel lonely. But again, going back to what we were saying earlier, this doesn't mean you're meant to be with your ex. Yeah. Don't tell yourself a story of what your loneliness means about your decision or the health of the relationship. Feeling lonely doesn't mean that the relationship was better than you thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No. Right. Yeah. And finally, try to accept that the person you broke up with and the relationship were really as incompatible with your needs as you felt they were at the time, and that things would not be different or easier if you got back together. Yep. This is such an easy trap to fall into, thinking that this discomfort will be eased if we just, you know, get back together. Yeah. new, (laughs) new, we have not been able to come up with hardly any stories about where it ended up working out. So, um, we hope that everybody, you know, does what they feel is right. But if you're really struggling, um, that will probably help just to know that our brain does this. We have been talking about fading affect bias since the beginning of the show, Mm -hmm. and you will possibly automatically hold on to the happy memories and the happy feelings You want to feel happy and think about, you know, all of the magic in the beginning of the relationship more than you want to feel lonely and that you've just lost someone. So just, yep, you are not your thoughts.
1: Yeah. So, and you can do this. You can heal from this. You can, um, if you need to forgive yourself, you do, you can forgive yourself. You can... Yeah. And you did the right thing for your future. You did the right thing, you know. Um, And as a reminder, wanting to leave is a good enough reason to leave. It doesn't have to be abuse. It doesn't have to be that they asked you to lie to your family. It doesn't have to be anything like that. It could just be that you didn't feel right in the relationship anymore. And it was time to time to go
0: relationships are two people who show up every day wanting to be there and if yeah. you don't feel that last part of it the wanting to be there part get out I, so I mean leave. not you know I'm I'm not trying to be flipping about it but no. you know that's yeah like Claire said perfectly perfectly valid yeah. you want that in your relationship too yeah you want it you to deserve be it.
1: two people who yeah I mean What's what's funny is I think a lot of people go towards marriage because it's like oh that's when you like have someone who's promised to be there forever and it's like well actually like none of these promises mean anything you still have yeah. to be like choosing to be there every single day yeah, you still have to just take to a lot of work the relationship yeah mm-hmm. um, and, it in this day matter. and age also yeah
0: yeah you can end a marriage just like a relationship. It's, it's different, but it's not a guarantee.
1: Yeah. It's, it's not a guarantee. And, um, yeah, whether it's polyamorous, whether you're monogamous, Mm -hmm. whether, you know, whatever your situation, you still have to choose to be there. And as soon as you don't want to be there, you don't have to be there. So, Yeah i hope that helps everyone we we recently had a dm that said that we laugh too much during these episodes and we need to treat it more seriously um and i hope you know we're usually laughing about probably the worst moments in our lives Uh (laughs) i reserve the
0: right to be able to look back on
1: my past relationships
0: and laugh
1: rather than get
0: over really triggered yeah
1: And Um, I hope that mm -hmm. it serves as a reminder to everyone that you can get to a place where the chapters that you thought you would never get out of, you would never survive, you actually Mm -hmm. can survive and actually look back and laugh about it. Yeah. I
0: I think (laughs) it helps people to see that we're, you know, able to talk about it semi-frequently you know, lightheartedly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So also I like to laugh. I'm known for it. So exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't want to end each episode being so depressed that I can't
1: get on with my work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, take some time and laugh today. Humor is healing and we love you guys. And we're we're excited to be on this journey with you, even though it's, you know, it is a serious subject and it is very sad a lot of the time.
0: It is. And that's why we're here. We hope that this helps you. We hope that it adds a little bit of light to your day. We hope yeah. we give good tips for moving forward. We absolutely know that you're capable of it and we want to be a resource for you.
1: Awesome. Well, we will talk to your ears very soon. And with that, goodbye. Hi. Thank you for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you liked this episode, please help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or by following the show on Spotify. And if you'd like to connect more with us and learn about break protein,
0: find us on Instagram at X-Files Podcast.